everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes three and four of The Sound of Magic. Woo! Um, <laughs> this show is just blasting through. They're, they heard our requests for more crime, more mystery, more intensity. They turned it up. They turned it to 11. Yeah, I honestly don't know how they could actually possibly solve everything and give literally any of the secondary characters a storyline, though. Like, can we talk about... I can't even remember if it was in these two episodes or the previous two episodes, but at one point there was a pregnant woman, right? Or did yeah, I imagine it was these her? Two. It was, was these two. Was that fever dream or did that? Okay, that was real. That in the drama, real in the drama. <laughs> I didn't make it up in my mind. So that was real life. There is some weird subplot because I I think we distinctly remember freaking what's her name Ayi. That's the mm-hmm. main character, right? Right, right. Ayi being a little bit jealous of this pregnant woman and going, I can't with this magician it is I guess he's married and has a wife and maybe a child on the way and all of us going okay this is great this is actually great please give him a wife and child do not ever think for a second that you should be attracted to this much older man yeah I didn't love because I didn't necessarily read it as outright jealousy, but there was that moment that she saw this woman and then she was like, oh, I guess my chances with him are ruined. And she didn't seem deeply upset by it, which is good. But just the fact that that was what she said at all was... I I actually don't remember specifically what she said. It was in the spirit of, I guess... It was in the spirit of a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of lost chances. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't don't like that that's even a thing. There's a scene where they're horseback riding. I... Stay on your horse, sir. That's exactly what I screamed at the screen. That is exactly... I was furious. This is a two-horse party. This is a two... You have your own horse... Get off her horse. You have your own horse. Get off her horse. You have your... Sir, this is a two-horse party. Get back on your assigned horse. (laughs) You brought two. There's actually plenty if if we're looking at the full merry-go-round carousel. If we're looking at the full thing, so many horses to choose from. Get your own. Get your butt off her horse. I don't... I hated that so much. If things were going so well. It was such a cute song. It was very whimsical. I do feel like the song themes are a little repetitive throughout the series. I... There's... So there's one song every episode, it feels like, where he sings about magic and how she she and everyone could and should believe in magic or something. And then there's a song where she sings kind of a lament of what what life could be, but that's not the life that she has. And we all feel really sad for her because this show is not letting up. It's bordering on child abuse at this point, how oh cruel God. they're being to her. And then... The there, then there's like one wild card song. It could be pretty much the same as those two songs, or it could be something more along the lines of 
Ilbung singing about a really nice date in a field, I guess. I actually don't remember what that song was about. Or it could that be... That one is cute. Yeah. It could be her sister singing a song about having a sad life. Uh, <laughs> if you want some additional sadness, there's also a much smaller child involved in this abuse. Yeah, that we're never giving a break to, so. No. <laughs> but she might be imaginary. We'll, we'll circle back to that, but I do want to say Ji Chang-wook's song for Il Dung was my favorite thus far. I... Loved the theme of what are you what are you even working for? What is your dream? Did someone else choose it for you? And the the juxtaposition of his song against all these students fighting each other just to get back to more test taking is it was so beautifully done. Every song is, but that one was exceptional in my mind. Right, and the strictly fictional version of South Korea that I always have in my mind, thanks to K-dramas. I I would love to know more. I'd love to visit. I cannot pretend to know shit about shit. It's like me pretending to know an actor personally. If I pretend <laughs> to know what life is like for South Koreans in South Korea. But in fictional South Korea that I know a lot about from all of the time I've spent watching K-dramas, that's such a thing, right? The pressure to do well in school the pressure to live up to whatever expectation is being set and achieve the goals that were set for you by usually a parent type. Lots of daddy issues going around in fictional Korea. <laughs> Just rife with daddy issues. Uh, some surprise in these episodes, though. Some surprise left field mommy issues, too. Oh my god. Hi, mother. Where did you come from? I... I get it. It makes sense because she and the dad seem to have a healthy relationship. Are we talking about Il Dung's mom? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's she who and, I am too. Same she brain. and the dad seem to have the same very one track mind for their son. So it makes sense that they get along well because they're both a little bit psychotic. Mm -hmm. But it was hard to see. You just want a mom to be. The more passive and the more understanding, the more... Man, you're right. That is maybe what your dad wanted more than what you wanted. And I don't know how to talk to your dad about it, but I'll be on your side. We can figure this out together. This woman was like, no. No, no, no. Uh -uh. The theme of this show is no good adults. There are no good moms. There are no good dads. Every adult is a massive letdown. There's not a single one that can be trusted. They're all scum, except the weird, creepy magician who lives in the abandoned theme park. <laughs> who might be a serial killer. That's our <laughs> only good guy. That's all we get as far as adults go, because that teacher also sucks. So He's the worst. He's the most passive character. The biggest doorstep. What is it called? Step stool? Door Step stop. stool. Doormat? Doormat. We're getting there. <laughs> if I just keep saying words, we'll get there. He's the biggest doormat <laughs> to this obsessive mom. And I hate it. I 
oh, I think we expected it. It's fine. It's whatever. We all expected him to not do the right thing. But you just, it's kind of similar to the store manager where you know he's going to be bad eventually, but you just want him to not. Can one person not be bad? Right. I kind of want it to be that switcheroo where you think that this one person is going to turn out to be the pits and then they actually turn out to be pretty cool and this person you thought was kind of cool, like the store manager, turns out to be the pits. You know, I thought it, they might do something like that where they said appearances can be deceiving with their actions and not their words. So the appearance of the teacher is that he's really involved in in politic school level politics so who's getting the best test score who's getting uh the renowned who's getting this that and the other he seems really wrapped up in it but at the end of the day he's a good guy similarly to like how the store manager seemed like he was gonna be a good guy at the end of the day and turned out to be an absolute piece of flaming garbage yeah that would have been a nice turnaround for us. Yeah, but no. Nope. Everyone is garbage, and now Ayi has decided this is her villain origin story. She also wants to be garbage. I don't blame her. I don't hold yeah. it against her. I'd honestly be happy for her if she did exactly what she wanted to do at this point, because, boy, howdy, am I sad and sick of being sad over exactly how bad her life is. It would be nice if they could just pull a punch because i thought they were starting to you know i thought that mm -hmm. these episodes you get about three quarters of the way through episode three and you think her life is improving things are getting better look at this she's got a friend and she's not proud of what she did as far as accepting his money but she's making it in the world that she was given and things seem to be turning up and she can make that right in her own time and that'll be fine. And then they said, oh, no, 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 no. She can't be happy. She can't. We're only halfway through. Yeah, because you think they could pull, start pulling some of the big punches. They could start turning her life around in the big ways while still kicking her in the little ways. Because there's constant setbacks in very little ways in her life, like... Her sister not coming home that night. Horrifying. What a very stressful scene. Yeah, I felt her fear and her absolute panic so yeah. much. This is on top of her dad stealing from her. Oh I think those God. were really interesting storylines and very believable and very scary, very tense. But they would have maybe kept this storyline of her being downtrodden while also maybe seeing improvements in, yeah, the big ways where she's starting to form healthier relationships. She's got these magic lessons going where she's having some sort of joy in her life, some moments that are just for her, and then they take it all away, and you're like, oh no, she can't have big happinesses, happiness or small happiness. There's no, no happiness, no moments of joy at all. We're done with that? Okay. Yeah, that's child abuse. Yeah. They, someone needs to go to prison for writing the saddest story that <laughs> never gets happier. If it does not get happier soon. Here's the thing. At least when we were watching the other 
sad story about a sad girl who got absolutely no punches pulled or breaks given to her in My Mister, at least there were enough episodes that we kept thinking, yeah, okay, there's gotta be something that ha- there's definitely time to wrap all of these storylines up and still give her a modicum of happiness, perhaps. Here, we've got two episodes left. It as just far feels as- like she's gonna die. Yeah, by my count- Unless we severely miscounted the number of episodes that we counted three times in a row, which, honestly, I wouldn't put it past us to miscount after counting three (laughs) times. Uh, But by my count, there's two episodes left, a whole bunch of storyline to get through, and, yeah, really the only resolution is for her to die. I think you're right. That's it. That's all we've got for her. They've They've got the missing student. They've got the missing store manager. They've got maybe a new stabbing victim. I think this magician's going to make her disappear, and it's going to be revealed that he was a psychotic serial killer. And that's all she wrote. That's the whole story. Yeah, it's either that or she goes out like the little match girl, just sitting there hoping for a better life than she's getting until some angel comes and takes her away from this hell plane. (laughs) Because what is this? What's going on? Can we digress just for a small moment? Oh, that's not us at all. (laughs) I need to talk to my therapist, aka you. You are my only therapist for right now. I'm ready. About how Ji Chung got more attractive when he had a knife in his hand and was screaming at an innocent person, I'm a magician! It shouldn't be hot to me, (laughs) but it is. He got hotter in that moment, and I'm worried that I'm broken and something is deeply wrong. As your therapist, ready and underqualified, not even underqualified, let's say (laughs) as it is, unqualified. (laughs) Okay, okay. 100% lack of qualification. Uh, I will say... I did not notice that. I will say I did not notice that, but I want to validate that you have watched the K2, where his whole thing was being attractive and being incredibly lethal. So Mm. I think maybe it just, um, once you watch the K2, it's always in you, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit like the Manchurian Candidate. It's a sleeper agent. All you need is the correct word to wake up the feelings that you felt during the K2 once more. And the K2 is the sleeper agent inside of you. And all you needed was to see Ching Cheng Wook holding a knife to reawaken. Holding a non-blurred knife. Yeah. To be like, oh my god, that man is hot. Give me this unhinged magician. I'll take it. (laughs) I will eat every last bite of this meal. Let's go. What's wrong with me? Yeah, it must be the K2. The K2 did this. Nobody else feels this way, right? It's just me. I didn't notice, but I also... Maybe I... I was watching it with my boyfriend, so that was the nullifying agent where I couldn't be like, Hey, boyfriend... Don't worry about this, but I am really attracted to that spooky magician screaming and holding a knife. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody analyzed this. I'll talk about it later on my very public podcast, but 
<laughs> I just want you to know for now how attractive it is that this man is completely disassociating from reality and threatening another human's life. That is hot. And I just want to put it in the room. Like, <laughs> I get why you avoided that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it might have been the midnight energy. I watched it very late at night. But dang, Ji Chungwook can do literally anything and my heart will pound. Yeah, well, he, yes, he's Ji Chengwook. There's a couple actors in this world where they're very talented and I get it. And then there's a couple of very talented actors in this world where I don't just get it. I am, I'm, I'm with the hype. I'm in the <laughs> hype. I'm inside I'm of it. I'm the target audience. I am I'm, everyone. Yeah, Ji Chengwook is one of those. For sure, yeah. for sure. Okay, okay. I'm yeah. glad I'm not alone. I didn't think I was... I get why you weren't quite as thirsty over that moment, because it is not a moment you're supposed to be attracted to, but I'm glad you're on my team about this. Thank you for the support. I will always support you. I'll always be your therapist. As your therapist, I feel like it's less me helping you through stuff and more me validating and enabling you. That is who I am as a therapist. Yeah, I don't know if it's good to just be like, mm, I mean, I don't know if it's right, but get it, girl. Feel your feelings. Like, maybe that's not good therapy, but it's all I can afford right now, so I'm in. I'm all in. It's Thank one you. form of feelings, so it's feeling them. So I think... We've also discussed in the past, but for those who haven't listened to every single episode of Play on K ever created, we have established that I have a weird attraction to bad boys in K-dramas. It is real-life canon, because we tell about our feelings on this, like our real-life human feelings on this (laughs) podcast, and it is... uh, I don't know, like a feat, a feature of Emily. It's a feature of me that I'm attracted (laughs) to the bad boy to like a dangerous level. Not okay to be attracted to serial killers as much as I am. Only in (laughs) K-dramas. Okay, it's only in dramas. I have a very healthy, normal relationship in real life that I think stabilizes me as a person. And anyone in a real life relationship should expect, should set really high standards and be with someone very normal and not psychotic. Okay, we'll say that. Yeah, It's just fun to imagine. I don't know that it's any more healthy than where I'm at in my K-drama obsessions, where I pick someone, put them on a pedestal, and God forbid they should ever fall from it, where I just (laughs) continually roast them forever. But I'm just obsessed with them on that, like, you are my favorite character. Nothing could unseat you until it does. And then I am toxic. Uh, <laughs> see, the last show we watched, My Country, The New Age, see our episodes to hear how toxic I can be about someone who's a valid and down-and-out character who is incredibly attractive, and I put them on a pedestal, and when they fall off, I viciously roast them. <laughs> For the rest of the series, Raquel sets very high standards for her K-drama men, which I think is very healthy in real life and in K-drama life. (laughs) But if they don't meet those standards, she will obliterate them. (laughs) And that's your right. 
Because these are just characters and it's fine. Nobody's feelings will get hurt. Yep. Okay. So anyways, we can jump back in. Good luck to, to my boyfriend. Podcast. <laughs> um yeah, I guess just exploring that storyline more. I'm very excited by the weird crime mystery that we've got going that's like, maybe this dude is completely unhinged and we know nothing about him. And let's question that. Let's not have a typical magical fantasy drama where this cute magician saves a poor girl from her hard times and just gives her magic. It's like, let's have this magician say he's going to save this girl constantly and say that magic is the key to her happiness, but help her in zero actual ways. (laughs) Help her in zero measurable ways. And then turn out to maybe be a really sketchy dude overall. Like every other adult human in her life. (laughs) Let's do it. But worse. Hit it hard. If one more person lets her, if one more adult lets her down, including this magician, I will riot. <laughs> I don't know how to feel because part of what I wanted from this show, part of what we asked for last episode, was that they don't just give her the magician. He's not the only good person she's ever met. And I do think doing he did, he did reach rock bottom, episode three. He got pretty low down there. But he had a turnaround. He's starting to come back up. He's starting to figure out his life and how much he cares about Ayi, which is great. I don't... Another one of my issues is that I love a damsel in distress. Yikes. I do think there's a bit of saviorism in his storyline. Not great. I want her to be able to dig herself out of the poverty and the hard times that she's in. But it does seem like they're leaning towards... She is going to use this new friendship as a helping hand, as her way out. And I appreciate that much more than her just relying on this magician she knows nothing about. It feels safer for her to have this friend in Ildung, who's a real person, who's making his own decisions, and lean on him for help. So I like that. Yeah, I'd like to see at least a network of of people that she could reasonably trust. I'd like to see that arise in the next two episodes. That's the thing, right? I'm so used to there being time. There's not enough Uh time. There's not enough time. There's not enough time for all of this to happen, but I would really like to see her have a network of people to help her. I think that would be very cool, especially with what they did in the fourth episode, where... They had a a pretty prevalent storyline of her mentioning to the magician that she has learned that the only person she can truly count on is herself. There's one person in this world. I don't, I don't love that as a maybe standing theme. I like that in the sense of her being a strong person. I like that in the sense of her trusting herself and her judgment and having confidence. I don't like that in the sense that I'm all about friendship. I really love when K-dramas build a solid community. Uh, Found family, I think, is just as beautiful as related family. I love a good found family K-drama. I thought this would be a little bit more found family than it has been. But I think that 
I like the direction. I just hope they don't rely on it too heavily. It feels like they have to at this point. They're pretty much out of adults she can rely on. So it pretty much has to be either the two men who kind of... There's a creepy one who lives alone in a theme park. There's one who hit rock bottom but is getting better. But yeah, there's kind of that saviorism type. I'll come in and make everything better with my money and my handsome face. (laughs) And I don't love either of those. I'm oversimplifying those storylines for sure, but I don't love either of them. And so it kind of feels like our final option is her relying on her to get her out of this situation. So if they're not going to give me found family, I guess give me a handsome face, uh, another handsome face in a creepier setting and a strong female lead. I'll take it. Yeah. I feel like there's there's a way to tie this all together. I don't want it to just finalize with her realizing that it was only her all along and she had to do everything alone and she could she was strong enough because that sucks yeah i want kids to watch this i want high schoolers going through hard times to watch this and realize that if they tell their dean something bad is happening the dean will do something to fix it i want him to have hit rock bottom with giving ill doing that award and go that was messed up i should not have done that let me remedy this situation and start to figure out why Ayi is struggling so much, where her parents are, and I want him to be the catalyst for this change where she gets a network where Ildung has this relationship with her, he's got a friendship, and he's starting to find himself, and the dean and a counselor get together and they they start to work on her housing situation and taking care of her sister and you've got the magician who's hopefully not a serial killer and he can be the one that's teaching her how to have fun again and how to believe in magic and that's super cool and then she's got her little sister who's imaginary but <laughs> is also teaches her about strength and is kind of the reason that she keeps moving forward sometimes. I think her sister acts as her foundation for not giving up on literally everything. And you start to get this network of people who are in her corner. I think it can happen. I think there's time. Maybe even the cops get involved and they're like, what is happening with this poor child? Why is she so scared and alone all the time? Why is she lying to the police? (laughs) Hi. What happened to that whole cop storyline that you and I entirely wrote last episode? That they got to come in and be a part of this and help out. What happened to that? Hopefully it's coming. Maybe one of the cops is the pregnant woman's partner. Yeah. Or maybe it's Reetwool. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I got the impression that that lady was... The magician's, like, sister or in a relationship that's not wife. Yeah, I also got that impression. Especially because she called out, oh, is that his wife and child or whatever. And if you call it out, that immediately means that is not the case. That's not the case. You've got to be wrong. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Prediction corner, but not my prediction. Craig's prediction. Ooh. That... The girl, the missing girl, 
the girl who disappeared was transported or whatever, like she was quote unquote disappeared, but it was consensual. Kind of how Ai asked to be fast forwarded through time. So this other missing girl was magicked through time. Maybe she's the pregnant girl in the future. Whoa. Or something. I, I, that, now that I said it out loud, it feels pre- even more far-fetched than it did when, when Craig said it originally. But <laughs> I like it. I'm interested. It is very far-fetched. It's crazy. Yeah. But I like it. I like We've that that could episodes. be the girl. Yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting. I like that this show has, I don't know, I guess it's it's kind of cowardly of them to dive into, yes, magic is real and it can do literally anything in the world, but this one man is in charge of all of it and he's pretty good at decision making. He doesn't just yeet people into the future. I don't know. Like, it's it's sort of cowardly to be like, literally anything is possible. But I think they're doing a good job of being like, this man has enough of a grip on reality that he doesn't do anything that's possible. He doesn't just go, ah, you, you want to be 10 years older? Boom, you're done. You're it. <laughs> done Goodbye. deal. That said, it does feel, maybe, I don't disagree with him making her boss disappear in the first episodes. Uh, I don't disagree with it because that dude had to go. He had to go. He had to get out of my sight forever. That said, I don't know if it's the best decision-making skills of the person with all the magic yeah. in the world to impulsively <laughs> make him disappear when the last person not, to see it. Could you not just give him Mickey hands? Like, <laughs> there are other options if anything is possible, but you're like, disappearance. That's what I'm going for. Sir, that's a crime. <laughs> this is why the police are after you. What You're if he just made impulsive. his hands disappear so he couldn't use them for nefarious purposes ever again? Boom. You could have Mickey hands. You could have hook hands. You could have any other hands in the world. No hands. Just let's figure out an alternative to actually disappearing a person. That feels... Insane. The cops absolutely would not believe that man either if he went to them and said, a magician made my hands disappear. Yeah! You'd ruin him in so many ways. He'd, it'd be crazy. It'd be, it'd be a good plan. We have an alternative plan here <laughs> that might work for you better than just making people disappear. Did you make that girl disappear? I fully believe you did. But I also, they showed the video footage of a magician going around and ripping up the posters. And I was like, that's not him. Because for some reason, I'm fully convinced that he's innocent of any and all crimes, even though they've <laughs> literally showed us com- him committing crimes. Uh, K-dramas have ruined us, where they've pulled the old rope-a-dope on us. They've pulled the one over all over, all the time, so many times. It's not just, not just once. But so All many the times. times. So many Constantly. times. Constantly. Honestly, first impressions are never true. He obviously is innocent because they're trying very hard to convince us that he... They are trying so hard to convince us that he's doing crime. That they showed him holding a knife screaming. Essentially doing some crime. But they didn't show his face when he was ripping up the posters. And so that indicates to me that he's innocent. It's a, <laughs> it's a red herring. It's a misdirect. Yeah! Classic magician trick. 
<laughs> nice, nice verbiage there, Raquel. Really snuck it in there. You're, you've been studying your magic book, and I love to see it. I love that commitment. Yeah, it's a misdirect. It's a classic magician's trick. None of this is real, but also, they did show us him disappearing a person. So when they say, another person has disappeared, it's really hard not to be like, did you do that, my guy? Real? Did you do that? It's not good. Who disappears people. I know a man who can do that. Was it you? Don't do that. This is a girl. This is a teenage girl. Did you do that to her? What did she do? If she is not alive somewhere through magic means of disappearance, then that means that she's dead, probably, (laughs) from the man who owned the convenience store. There can only be two options here. He murdered her and then disappeared. Or she was magically disappeared, and then he also was magically disappeared. Hopefully to very different places. Is that the resolution, though? Is that we find out he can't disappear people. He just kind of made him go, made the store manager go to a different place. So he is the murderer. He killed the first high schooler. The store manager killed the high schooler because he was a creep, an absolute monster. Killed the first girl. And then was magicked to another place where he will soon be captured and tried for his crimes. But he will sound like a crazy person who's like, I was magicked away, I was spirited away to this weird place, and it's taken me three days to hitchhike all the way back to where I started. Man, things have been topsy-turvy lately, and the cops are like, you murdered someone. You have blood on your hands. And that's the finale. Roll credits. (laughs) This was a really good K-drama. This is a wild and delightful K-drama. <laughs> I'm not good at writing K-dramas, but I, I'm just proud of myself for showing up to this podcast, knowing that we only had two episodes left and there were a million storylines that needed to be resolved. Like, I almost just stayed up all night and finished it. Uh... Literally yesterday, Craig said, should we watch the last two episodes? And I was like, sir, I never this watch ahead. Job. This is my job. I never watch ahead. I'm a professional. And he acted sincerely confused that <gasps> he he seemed to not know how we've done this podcast for his and my entire relationship. <laughs> sir, I'm a professional and a god dang idiot. I will yeah. absolutely spoil something if I watch ahead. Yeah. It's gotta be spoiler free, and I forget things too easily. Yeah. Up to and including, was this in the episode that we're supposed to be talking about, or was this in the episode that we're not supposed to be talking about? Mm-hmm. I could never keep it straight. Absolutely fine, because all the episodes are episodes that we're, we've all watched together. So any spoilers are from episodes that we're, we've watched previously and should have talked about before. But we never watch ahead because it would all blur together and we'd for sure give something away. We can't do it, Craig. Uncompromising. Uncompromising. There's rules. There's rules. Wild West. <laughs> we have to protect us from ourselves. <laughs> so. Oh, but it's hard. It was hard with this one. Because yeah. things are getting buck wild. There's, I don't know. We had, we had the dad come back, who I oh wish we would have talked about in episodes one and two, because there was a part of me that was fearful that I would become that father. 
that I would be the guy who has so many big dreams and tries to start so many things that I never follow through on, and I just end up letting people down. And then he came back in episode three and was like, nobody is like me. No, there is no parent in the world who is like me. I am among the most pathetic of all parents. I am scum of the earth. Hear me roar. Nobody can take my crown. Okay, weird prize, my guy. I was so mad at the his weird, sad, pathetic cry smile is what got me the most. Where he was acting like there was absolutely no control he had in the situation and doing that manipulative, I'm sorry, I'm such a bad dad bullshit. Oh. I was gnashing my teeth angry. Because that is the most manipulative, gaslighty, backwards thing that you can say to your child that you robbed and abandoned again. You continually abandon her and her little sister, who you make her responsible for. And then to your child, you do the good old, well, I can't do any better. I guess I'm just a bad dad. Get out of here. Begged you to do the right thing. And you can't? You quote-unquote can't? When you are fully choosing to do nothing? I hate it. I hate it! She literally told you that loan sharks are knocking on her door and threatening her. And you're like, wow, that sounds like a really hard thing for you. Good luck next time. Yeah, if I come back and I have to deal with that, how bad would that be? (sighs) My guy, you just... You just robbed her of all the money that she will need to survive that encounter. Yeah. She robbed her of the money she will need to survive that encounter and the money that she needs to feed herself and your other tiny child. You are the worst. There's nobody like you. Like, kudos to that actor for taking that role. I think I would be throwing up after every line, being like, do people actually exist like this? Because I can't. I can't do this. I can't even pretend to be this bad. I can't. I have to go. I have to, yeah. I I can't do this job, so find someone more capable of being the world's worst person. Somehow, he made it down to the level of the store manager, or the store owner, so I hope they just go and hang out in their stupid disappeared hellhole. (laughs) All these actors are doing work that I cannot fathom. Kudos to them. Because I love to see it. I love to see how trash this girl's life can get. And (laughs) it would not be as clear without these other actors doing such an amazing job. I hate to see it. Good for you. Good for the villains in the world. The actors who play villains, a.k.a. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. I think there's some villains that would be genuinely so fun and exciting to play. Like the villain from... One of the villains from our last show, My Country, The New Age. The villain from The K2. What I wouldn't do to be a talented person who could do that role just so I could do that role. It's for among real. my favorite characters on this planet. And then there's the villains like these two. Where <laughs> I just... I could never, I would never. Yeah, but we need to see it. We need them in this world. We need these actors to be like, I'll take on this burden because this show is so important. Yes, 
Thank you. Thank you for your contribution. It sucks to see. We hate watching your character, and that's how it's supposed to be. I I feel like we should maybe circle around to me constantly saying that her sister is imaginary because I just casually yeah. dropped that. It's a half joke. I said that too to Craig, though. Did did we make that joke last time? I think so. Okay, it just really stuck with me, and the whole time I was watching, I was like, "Oh, she's definitely not real." She, her sister, is a figment of her imagination, and that's why the dad won't take her. Just kidding. He told her she was a good singer and hung out with her all night. So I'm assuming she might be real to him, at least. I don't know how. Yeah reliable a narrator he is but yeah i would guess that maybe he made her up and then gaslit ie into believing that she was real (laughs) if she if this little sister is imaginary then that's how that happened i don't know how she convinced the woman on the phone i guess maybe that was an imaginary phone call the woman whose house she slept at yeah that was my guess is that it was, all of that was imaginary. I don't know why I'm so convinced that her sister's not real. It's just that she has no interaction with anybody else and her only purpose seems to be to be a little bit of a burden and guilt, you, i.e. about being poor. Yeah. Yeah, she's just kind of an extra level of sadness, but also she's adorable, so obviously Aigi loves her, so it's that sadness she can't go without. Just a lot. Just a lot. That Well, there was also that store owner who she asked if she had seen her, and she she mentioned her by name. Mm. I don't know who that woman was. I guess we don't have to know everyone in her whole life. <laughs> Just seems like there's this whole other person and place who knows her and her sister. That's fair. That, She's again, probably real. Another adult who is not doing anything to make the situation better for the... With, that wasn't the landlord, was it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I made that... I just said that. I don't know why I said that. I don't think that was the landlord. Probably. I don't know who that was. I don't think it was the landlord. But you're right. They just gave us a random character who is trying to convince us that Yunyi is real. And she just ain't. She just ain't. <laughs> Some little ghosts aren't real. <laughs> Some ghosts aren't real, my guys, and (laughs) this girl's one of them. She is the foundation for Ayi's existence. She keeps Ayi alive, and that's it. That's her only point. Who does that better than an imaginary friend? Not a real sister. She's the- she's the real reason Ayi never gives up. Yeah, that's a- that's all she does. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, little girl. (laughs) Little strange ghost girl. Little strange ghost girl? Are you real? Because if you're real, I need to see you in one flashback. Yeah. What confused me was the drawing that she made. Because for some reason, I kept thinking that was like a mom and a dad and a little girl. After giving it some actual thought, I was like, oh, that's probably Ayi, Yuni, and their dad. Yeah. But I kept looking at it and just the sizing of each of the characters in my mind. It's a very mom, dad, and baby picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just could not stop thinking I, that that little girl maybe was imag- a, a figment of... What if she's just a figment of Ayi? She's just another part of her. 
What if Ayi has disassociative identity disorder? We've solved it. We've cracked the case, folks. We've cracked the case. Because, okay, so before, okay, before we spin off too much, there is one more thing. A mystery that they have put in place that we have not talked about. And I just want to put it on the table before we leave. Mm-hmm. When she is having flashbacks to her mom taking her to the amusement park and her mom says, if you ever get lost, meet me in front of the carousel. So we see Ayi in front of the carousel for a long, long time. Clearly her mom's not coming. This is probably after her mom abandoned her. She just goes to the amusement park sometimes to see if she can meet her there. And at one, at the very end of the sequence, someone walks up to her in what looks like maybe a hospital gown and slippers, as if they were a patient of some kind. And that's all we got. Her mom didn't abandon her. Her mom was put put in a hospital. Or Ayi's in a hospital. Ayi's in a hospital! (laughs) Okay. This is all imaginary. What if your life was imaginary, you found out you were in a coma for years... And you were just torturing yourself. You were like, everyone is mean to me in my imaginary world. I wouldn't even be surprised with myself at that point. That (laughs) actually sounds really on brand for me. That sounds pretty correct for how I 90% of the time feel other people feel about me. To be fair, this is not me trying to be super self-deprecating. I have really bad social anxiety. I think everyone's mad at me all the time. If you lock Raquel in her brain for years and years, she will only come up with this storyline. There's going to be some music. There's going to be some magic, some whimsy. For the most part, literally everyone will be a danger to her. Everyone will be mad and angry all the time. And (laughs) no matter what I do, it will never be enough. And that is... (laughs) Welcome. My brain is the sound of magic. (laughs) And maybe Ayi's brain is too. <laughs> Yikes. If this is a, it was a dream the whole time story, I will be a little disappointed. Oh, yeah. Oh, for I sure. Think, I think that's actually how they could a little bit ruin it for me. Because <laughs> I think that it was a dream the whole time is a pretty tired trope. Um, oh, really? I guess, it's one yeah. I've never seen before, but I hate it in concept. I remember one time we played this game with our friends. Uh, I think you were there for it, um, at our friend's house in college, and it was sort of like a tabletop, it wasn't like a tabletop game, it was like a, it was like an RPG survival game sort of thing, but it was, you just speak things into existence, and then that thing is true, and you light a bunch of candles, do you remember this? It's Ten Candles. Yeah, 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 we played the game Ten Candles, and it was it was interesting, except I got so mad because one of our friends at the end said it was a dream the whole time, and that was like the last thing anyone got to say. And oh, it no. was that was like every, you speak things into existence is the whole thing, and and that's the game now, or that's what happened, or that's what the story is. And I just remember being like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just remember don't that, like it. but yeah, I've seen creative. it so many times online, and it's so boring to say. Mm-hmm. I've seen it about Harry Potter a lot, where people are like, what if this is all Harry's dream? And I'm like, what's the point of that? That's 
fucking boring. Yeah, why is that fun to believe? I guess I don't get it. So, I hope that's not what they do. But, yeah, I don't think there are many shows that do end with that. I mean... Inception is a big one, but I think they did that pretty cleverly. I think they did it in the right way. That was a clever, yeah, that's a clever way to do it. But the, anytime anyone proposes a quote-unquote fan theory that something has been a dream the whole time, I'm always, I immediately think that person's the most boring person in the world, because I'm like, oh, so every story, every story with whimsy and magic was a dream the whole time, and it's just a real-life person having a dream. That's just fucking real life. That's how storytelling works. <laughs> what you're doing is stupid. You have no whimsy. You have no, You don't have an iota of whimsy. It, sorry, if any of our listen, listeners are, like, a big fan of a, it, was the, it was a dream the whole time trope, and I am coming for you in your place, I'm sorry. I Genuinely, I just don't like it at all. It's funny because I thought of another one, which is people saying someone was dead the whole time. Yeah, and that's I the same also thing. hate that. That yeah. feels very similar. And then I was like, we did that. We did that just we now did. with Yoon Yi. <laughs> we one hundred percent did. But also, She's a ghost. we've been we've been spouting off the weirdest shit we could think of this whole time. So yeah, it's <laughs> to be fair, that was the most mild of for sure <laughs> of all the things we came up with. All the insane storylines that we came up with, Uni being a ghost, is our laziest, probably. But it could be true as well. Oh, I'm just so curious. I'm excited to watch the last two episodes. I wish in my heart that this were a 16-episode drama because I do feel like there are storylines that could be made longer, which is not me. That's not... I love how quickly this is moving. I love that we're just blasting through things. But there's part of me that wishes it could have been 12 episodes. And we could have explored Ildung's journey into self-discovery. And maybe Hana, I don't love her, but Hana and Robin. And their whole thing, their whole mystery with filming the magician could have been a much longer storyline. There are just some things that I would have been fine spending a longer time with. But if we're going to compact it, let's go. I'm going to watch the last two episodes right this second because everything's either going to come together, it's going to be beautiful, and it's going to be the best finale we've ever seen, or it's all going to fall apart in an explosion of madness. Yeah, like it'll be something like one of the 12 different proposed storylines we gave over the course (laughs) of this episode, and it will be just as bad as when we said it, and and I honestly can't wait either way. Either way. The only thing that would disappoint me is if it was a dream the whole time. If if we get to the end, if we so we're we're about to sign off of this podcast. We're about to give you guys our email and all of our little little housekeeping spiel. And then if if we go and we we separate now and we go watch it and you watch it and you find out that it was a dream the whole time, just know that the moment that I'm watching it, I am physically screaming. I am physically <laughs> real life yelling about how much time. If that's the case, then thank God it's only six episodes. (laughs) We will be pissed. Okay. 
<laughs> if you if you have any fun theories that you want to propose before we start the finale, email them to playonkpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, or if you want to check out our website, we have a couple of different things that you can find there. The first that we like to mention is our episodes, of course. There are also comment areas for each of those. You can sign up for our uh, non-existent email newsletter, which we would love to be sending probably one day. And then you can also find our affiliates. Uh, so with our affiliates, we are affiliated with Skillshare. You can use our link to go learn some cool skills. We are affiliated with Blueberry Podcasting. If you want to start a podcast, hell yeah, do it. And also, check out Blueberry. It's really easy to use. It's uh, It helps us out. If you are interested in doing that, you can use the link, and that's very exciting, and I hope you have a good time with your podcast. And then uh, if you want to, you know, lock down your internet, get some security going, and maybe watch some K-dramas that aren't licensed in your area, you can always check out NordVPN, and uh, using the link on our at our website under our our affiliates page will help us out and you. Yeah, if you want to help us out in a non-monetary way, you can leave a rating and review wherever you listen. That helps our podcast reach more listeners, get noticed, go up on the charts, whatever you will. We very much appreciate it. Yeah, and I think that is... Oh, we, we do have our Patreon now available again for donations. We're not putting any content up on there. I think I forgot to say what our website was. It's playonk.com. And then our Patreon <laughs> is patreon.com slash playonk. And you can also find a link there. Uh, but yeah, we're not doing any new content. It's just donation based. If you like what we're doing, it helps us keep the lights on. If you are still subscribed on our Patreon and you don't want to be, here's another reminder for the like fourth week in a row that maybe before the the new month starts, hop on off there. But we also really appreciate the contributions you have already made. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for those who do support us there. It means the world to us, and yeah, it helps us keep this podcast running for free. As we've said, next week is the finale of The Sound of Magic, so we will see you then. Yeah, okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>